Hello and welcome everyone to Sports from the South. There's a new podcast about all things sports covering the NFL, NBA, and MLB. I'm your host, Gabe Norton. This will be our first episode of the podcast today as we go ahead and we're going to start covering at the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, our first episode is going to be covering the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft, giving an analysis on all the picks and which teams were draft winners and draft losers in the first round. Now saying that, I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you do, please come back. We're going to be having new episodes daily, um, and possibly some episodes we're going to be two a day. But as saying that, let's go ahead and get started with the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, first pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, obviously, a lot of speculation on who they are going to pick. Not really. Everyone knew they were going to go Joe Burrow ever since the National Championship game. Joe Burrow out of LSU was the first overall pick, as everyone expected, like I said. Uh, Burrow's stats, honestly, pretty impressive out of LSU. Uh, his senior year, he was uh, 527 for 402. Or no, excuse me. He was 402 for 527, threw for 5,671 yards, six interceptions, and 60 TDs. So plus 10 ratio there. He was sacked 34 times, so is the LSU offensive line. Coming out of his senior year with a t- uh, QBR of 202.0. Uh, impressive stats for Joe Burrow. Um, a lot of speculation of whether there will be a trade at first overall. As uh, word came out later in the night that Miami indeed did try to trade for the first overall pick, but LSU shut them down. And LSU also said earlier in the week, apparently, uh, that they had already basically confirmed to Joe Burrow that they were going to take him first overall about Wednesday, uh, as early as Wednesday morning, as we were getting worried about that. But let's be real here. There's no question that Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick uh, after his Heisman season. He was just doing phenomenal. Now, in my opinion, if uh, it wasn't if there's was no injuries with Tua Tagovailoa, it would have been a, a, a very good uh, argument that Tua could have been the number one pick. But with Tua's injuries, I think that Joe Burrow is the first ever, was deserving of the first overall pick. Um, obviously, putting up a spectacular season, breaking I don't know how many records in college football and at LSU and in the SEC. Um, just coming off with an instrumental season uh, at LSU as he led them to a national championship, like I said, SEC champions, and winning that Osmond Trophy. So in my opinion, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, first overall pick, um, I'm going to say draft winners just because they get their quarterback. Now, in my opinion, the Cincinnati Bengals, their main needs was not a quarterback. If you look at their pass rush from last year, one of the weakest pass rushes in it, uh, or one of the weakest rushing passers or pass rushes in the league in 2019, and they could have really used some help on the defensive side with that first overall pick because they could have gotten, obviously, Chase Young, uh, Derrick Brown, Jeff Agutta, anyone in the NFL they could have fit or any of the uh, prospects in the NFL draft they could have picked. But obviously they're going to go with Joe Burrow because it's kind of it's kind of tempting uh, to go with those guys, but it's not it's not tempting enough to pass up on the number one quarterback in the nation in Joe Burrow. Um so I want to say draft winners, even though it's not what they particularly needed. Um, so we're going to look for them to pick some defensive picks uh, and maybe get some new offensive linemen to protect Joe Burrow now as they got their uh, – hopefully their franchise quarterback. Is, uh, we're going to see what Andy Dalton could get traded here in the second and third round uh, on the next day. But Joe Burrow, draft winner uh, for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Now we're going to move on to pick number two with the Washington Redskins. <laughs> All right, so Washington had the second pick, and uh, just like with the first overall pick, no question who they were going to go with here. Chase Young goes number two overall to the Washington Redskins. Um, Chase Young, uh, arguably 
there you can make an argument against it, but there's not a strong argument. Chase Young is the best athlete, and he was the best prospect in this NFL draft. Um, he's just a freak of nature um, at the defensive end position. I mean, standing six foot five and two hundred and sixty four uh, pounds is just nothing to nothing to shake a stick at. As he's a massive, massive he, uh, person, and he was a massive part of that Ohio State defense. As he uh, helped lead them to the college football playoff, like he did. Um, and it, impressive stats from him to uh, thirty two solo tackles, fourteen assisted, uh, sixteen and a half sacks, six forced fumbles. See, that's something. I want to look at here is that you go into an NFL team forcing six force fumbles in the Big Ten Power Five Conference. That's nothing to like be. Oh, he's just playing against no competition. If you forcing six force fumbles is pretty impressive. You do that in the NFL. Normally, NFL teams whoever wins the game is gonna is whoever wins the turnover battle. So whoever is the uh, least amount of turnovers normally will win an NFL game. Is how most people would say. Um, and I just think that's one of the stats that Chase Young puts up. That just impresses me with him and would make me want to pick him even more. Um, 16 and a half sacks, too, that will contribute to anyone. You put up 16 sacks in the NFL, you're going to be uh, top 10 defensive end in the league. Um, now, I, I don't think he'll be able to perform like I, – I think he'll perform well, but I don't think he'll perform as well as he did in college. So he'll be going against, obviously, much better um, offensive linemen. But Chase Young, in my opinion, the best athlete uh, prospect in the draft, uh, without a question, without a doubt. No argument against it. Uh, there was a lot of question actually that started coming out on Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday midday about the Washington Redskins wanting to trade uh, their second pick away, and they would that would mean they probably would not have gotten Chase Young. That can raise some speculation of who would have traded up then if that were to happen. Who would who would have gone up and got Chase Young, but that didn't happen. So we're not because that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the fact that he went number two overall and was he a draft winner or loser for the Washington Redskins? I'm gonna say draft winner. Um, honestly, it's the Washington did not need a defensive lineman, in my opinion. You look at them; they have uh, Jonathan Allen, Ionitis, Ryan Kerrigan on that defensive line. Uh, you have Ruben Foster playing the linebacker position. You got Lane Collins coming in as a sub linebacker sometimes, coming out of the strong safety position, and he's blitzing a lot. That's just a defense that I think didn't need too much help. They could have used it, and I think Chase Young will help them. But was Chase Young the right pick? For Washington, my opinion, it's no, but they are going to be. They're going to get a draft winner from me just because he is the number one prospect in the draft. They got him. Um, obviously, you don't want to throw Dwayne Haskins into a situation where he has no weapons. He's going to be. Or a lot of people would say he's bust. You can't surround a quarterback, a young quarterback, especially with no weapons, and expect him to succeed. Obviously, the main weapon there in Washington's offense is Terry McLaurin. Uh, from he's a he'll be a soft, uh, sophomore this year as he's a rookie in last year's draft. So we'll see how McLaurin performs. We'll see how this Washington offense performs. We'll see what Washington's picks are in the in the later rounds. But in my opinion, it's just not something I would have picked if I were the Washington Redskins. I would have gone offensively. Um, I could have made Judy. Uh, I would have if I was Washington, I would have traded back. You could have picked up Judy, uh, uh, Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, any of those uh, really good receivers coming into this draft, is this is one of the best receiving classes. But it, it all comes down to the fact that Chase Young is the number one prospect, therefore he was taken where he was, and Washington is a draft winner. All right, so now we're going to move on to the Detroit Lions, who picked number three. All righty, Detroit Lions pick number three. 
Uh, Jeff Okuda goes here. Um, not a lot of people were thinking that he wouldn't go here. A lot of people, uh, most mock drafts that we've seen had him going here. Is Okuda obviously the best corner without a doubt in this draft? Um, you can make an argument that he could have been the most athletic prospect in the draft, but and then you're going to run into people that think Chase Young is, and Chase Young honestly deserves it. Um, but Jay, uh, Jeff Okuda put up impressive stats. Not too impressive, but pretty impressive as he's proven himself to be the best corner in this draft. And I think that's something that the Detroit Lions could have used as they uh, get rid of Darius Slay in free agency. And they also, but they also do bring in Desmond Trufant. As Trufant coming from an Atlanta defense where Trufant's been injured constantly, we don't know if Trufant will perform the way we hope he will. Um, and Detroit doesn't know if they will perform, if he will perform the way he will. So what better way than saving your defense by going out and getting the number one corner in the draft after getting rid of your number one corner in the team? So Okuda, uh, impressive stats, 29 tackles out of the corner position, solo tackles, five or six assisted. Uh, nice. He didn't get any sacks coming out of the corner position. But uh, if we look at his turnovers, he had two forced fumbles, which, like we said with Chase Young, is a very impressive stat. Anytime you can force a turnover by forcing a fumble, getting your team to recover it, forcing fumbles and interceptions, Okuda only gets three interceptions on the year, but you got to think, guys. Okuda had five turnovers, two forced fumbles, and three interceptions on no holding calls and no pass interference calls to his name. Not once was this man called for 2000, in 2019, 2020 season. Not once was he called for pass interference or holding. Now, that is an athlete. But being able to go out there and guard these big receivers that the Big Ten has, these strong athletes, amazing athletes that the Big Ten possesses, and going out there and just showing you that he can not only compete with him, but he can do it and do it the, quote, legal way, as he doesn't get any penalties to his name. And Okuda, honestly, not a bad size for him either. He's a little bit bigger than um, most NFL corners. He's six foot one, 200 pounds. Now the weight, not so much, but height, six one as a corner is not bad. That's going to match up with a lot of receivers really well, a six one. Um, as most DBs in this league are not – a lot of them are around six feet, but not many of them are taller than six feet, six feet one. Um, same thing with the receivers too. You don't see a lot of big receivers anymore. You have like quite a there's quite a few in the league, but they're not as like prominent. And you don't see as many of them as you used to in the league. But uh, Detroit Lions, I'm going to say draft winners just because they feel their number one need in my opinion. After getting rid of their best defensive player, they're going to need someone to replace uh, Darius Slay. What better person to do that than Jeff Okuda? So Detroit Lions, I'm going to say draft winners soon. At number four, we have our first surprise of the draft with the New York Giants. All right, so we have our first surprise in the draft from last night. As at number four, the Giants do not go with Isaiah Simmons as they go with Andrew Thomas. Um, You talk about a shocker to the world. Hearing Commissioner Commissioner Goodell call Andrew Thomas' name instead of Isaiah Simmons. Um, Thomas, debatably the best tackle. Um, is he the best, is he the most NFL ready? Maybe not, but is he, or is he got the size and the skill to, to be the best out of the draft class? Yes. Um, obviously in my opinion, the most NFL ready tackle would have been Jedrick Wills. If you wanted to play now coming, coming out of that Alabama offense and that Nick Saban team, I just think Wills is ready for the NFL. Now, Andrew Thomas is nothing. Kirby Smart's not a bad coach in Georgia. 
He's got the Bulldogs going right, um, as his record proves that. So, Andrew Thomas, a lot of people had the Giants taking him in their original mock drafts. Mel Kuyper, I know, had him going there in his first and second one. Uh, he didn't think Simmons would go there until about his third one. Andrew Thomas, the original tackle that everyone before the combine came out said, oh, Andrew Thomas is the best best tackle in the draft, all this, yeah. So, Andrew Thomas, <clears throat> first tackle off the board. Um, the junior out of Georgia, six foot five, three fifteen, not bad, thirty six uh, inches arm length. Like it's nothing. That's not bad. Runs a five two two is a three hundred fifteen pounder. That's not bad. Um, but was he worth the fourth round pick? And that's the question that we're he's gonna have to prove us. Um, will he prove himself worth the fourth round pick, or will he be an NFL bust? So in my opinion, the Giants. I'm going to say draft losers. They're going to be our first losers of the draft, in my opinion, as you pass up on the best right outside linebacker. You pass up in the best – actually, you pass up on the best outside linebacker in the draft. And, and, and in my opinion, the number four prospect in the draft, you, you pass up on him for a tackle that could or could not be a bust or he could be a good player. We don't know. We're going to have to find out. But obviously, the Giants have Daniel Jones. But the Giants need a lot of help on defense. They got rid of that defense. Jason Pierre-Paul, Landon Collins, all these guys that they had, they possessed on their defense, had a really good defense. They they shipped them off. They traded them. They cut them, lost some free agency. So I, I would have gone defense here, in my opinion, is what they needed, not an offensive lineman. So there it is, our first draft loser is going to be the New York Giants. All right, so next up at the fifth pick, we have a surprise, but – was it really a surprise? Let's find out. All right. So number five, Dolphins. Dolphins don't trade up. Um, they didn't trade up to get their man, and neither did the Chargers. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa comes off the board at number five. A lot of speculation of where he would go coming off of the hip injury. Uh, he suffered in the 2019 season against Mississippi State. Uh, missed the remainder of the season, but... Let's hope that Tua can prove to the NFL that the other two team or the other three teams that picked that could have used a quarterback in this draft that didn't trade up for him, he proves them wrong. Um, so Tua, uh, we're gonna have a lot of conversation about who was better, Tua or Burrow. Now, this isn't saying this past season. This is healthy Tua versus Joe Burrow. Who would have been the better quarterback, in my opinion, Tua? Tua, I think, is more NFL ready than Burrow. Um, playing under Nick Saban at Alabama. But if we take a look at Tua's stats, nothing. I mean, they're impressive. I mean, in 2018, Tua, junior, or, uh, yeah, Tua's sophomore year, actually, excuse me, 245 for 355, okay? 69% completion rating. That's not, that's nothing to be mad about. Threw for 3,966 yards. That's nothing to be mad about either. Um, averaging 11 yards a pass, too. That's something really impressive. 43 touchdowns to six interceptions. In his sophomore year, okay, that that's a great ratio. I'm um, coming off with a 199.5 QBR in his junior year. Now you look at here. Let's 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 just show something here. Tua took off a low at through nine games in his 2019 season. Threw for 2,840 yards through nine games. Okay, 33 touchdowns and three interceptions. Okay, so if we take Tua's season, right? And put him in the NFL. Uh, instead of 12 games, they play 17 or six, well, 16. So let's see how Tua would have done. 
So if we have the 16 games that Tua would have played if he was in the NFL, say Tua's healthy, okay? Um, and, and it's just so, like, extraordinary when you look at the number. If he's thrown for 2,840 yards, okay, through nine games, averaging 315 yards, okay, and you multiply that by 16 games, Tua's going to throw for 5,000-plus yards in the NFL if he's healthy, okay? If Tua's healthy and surrounded by some receivers, Tua's going to throw over 4,500 yards, possibly 5,000 in this season, okay? Now, I think, in my opinion, Miami gets one of the steals in this draft with Tua. I think that the Bengals will regret not taking him. Now, do I think Tua will play this season? No, I think that he'll sit out injured. I think that they will allow him to fully recover before he plays again. But Tua Tagovailoa is going to make a strong argument, in my opinion, hopefully, whether it's this year or next year, whenever he plays, that he should have been the number one overall pick, and he's going to make the Bengals regret it. So, Tua and the Dolphins, I'm going to say draft winners, because obviously when Saban, when Nick Saban was the coach at Miami, passed up on Drew Brees. Look at Drew Brees now. Okay, Drew Brees is a pretty daggone good quarterback, uh, if I do say so myself, and I think a lot of people would agree with that statement. And, um... So Miami's not going to pass up on the left-handed Drew Brees, as a lot of people like to call him. A lot of people like to compare him to Drew Brees. So we're going to say Miami Dolphins are going to be draft winners. All right, so now we're going to move on to the number six pick with the Los Angeles Chargers as we see our third quarterback go off the board. Number six, Los Angeles Chargers. They take their future in Justin Herbert. Now, will he be the future is the question we all have. Um, obviously, Justin Herbert, a lot similar play style to Phillip Rivers. Big quarterback, got a big stature, traditional pocket passer. Now, the only difference I would say is Herbert has a little bit more athleticism when it comes to uh, scrambling outside of the pocket and extending plays. In my opinion, yes, they get the replacement for Phillip Rivers, but no, I don't think he's the right fit for the team. My opinion is, Chargers just went with Herbert because Herbert was the best quarterback on the board at the time. At this point, you've already had Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa come off the board, so you might as well just take the next best guy to run your offense. And that's what Los Angeles thinks they've got. Los Angeles thinks they've got the best guy in their quarterback, Justin Herbert. We're gonna have to have a, we're gonna have to see a lot uh, come out of him as he had some pretty good stats. But in my opinion, the Pac-12 not the greatest. For stats, because they don't typically have a lot of great defensive players come out of the Pac-12, but it's more of an it's more of an offensive conference in my opinion. They are strengths are in the offense, not the defense. So Herbert put up impressive stats at the University of Oregon, but will he be the right fit? That's what we're gonna have to wait and find out. Los Angeles Chargers, in my opinion, draft winners because they get their replacement in, in Philip Rivers. Yeah, draft winners. Um, it would have had to been like. A wild pick for them to probably get draft losers. This is an easy decision for them coming into the draft, knowing they're either going to take Burrow, Burrow uh, if they could get him at one, which obviously no one could get the first pick, uh, like I said earlier on. But they go and they, they basically had the pick between they could trade up for two or they could take Herbert at six, and they took Herbert at six. So Herbert is uh, going to look like he's going to be the future of the Los Angeles Chargers. So now we move on to pick number seven. <laughs> All right, number seven, the Carolina Panthers. They take defensive tackle Derrick Brown into Auburn. 
great, great pick, in my opinion. They get the best defensive tackle in the draft. Um, they get a, a, they're trying to rebuild right now, in my opinion. Is they, they're, they obviously lose Cam Newton. They give him up. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater as a younger quarterback than Cam Newton to um, hopefully re, 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 refurbish the uh, offense, as, I was trying to, as I'm trying to say here. But as in breathe new life. They don't need to be completely rebuilt. Obviously, they have Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. In my opinion, they just need to re like a refresh. They need to bring in some new players, swap out the old for the new and stuff like that, and just catch up with the other young teams in the league, I think. Um, obviously, their defense loses Luke Keekley a big part of the defense this past year um, to retirement, obviously. It's unfortunate for the Panthers fans that he's gone, but good for him. Had a great career at Carolina. And I think Derrick Brown's a great place to start to rebuild this Panthers defense. They're going to need a lot of help after losing Josh Norman a few years ago. They're not the strongest defense in the league, but they're also not the weakest. But I would say Derrick Brown's a great, great uh, start of a player. Uh, Derrick Brown, obviously top 10 talent in this draft, is an amazing defensive lineman out of Auburn. He's a great person to start the rebuild around. So I'm going to say draft winners to the Carolina Panthers. I think they get their guy. Um, and if it were up to me, I, w- I would have picked him too. Um, great, great. I can't say that enough. Defensive tackle. I mean, he just, if you watch him play, he just bullies kids, pushes offensive linemen around, just slings the quarterback to the ground, just wraps up running backs. He'll do anything you need him to. Just ask him. You ask Derek Brown to go get the ball, he'll go get the ball. You ask him to get a fumble, he'll get a fumble, as we saw against Florida. You ask him to get an interception, he'll get an interception against Florida. We saw that this year. But uh, definitely draft winners for the Panthers. I think they get their future in that defense. Um, next pick, we're going to have the uh, Phoenix Cardinals. <laughs> wow, did I really just say that? Yep, I did. I think I, I think I really did just say Phoenix Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals are the eighth pick. They play in Phoenix. Don't know why I said Phoenix Cardinals. Wow. Anyways, uh, so Arizona, going with Isaiah Simmons, my opinion, not the pick they needed, but why not? Okay, why not take the best linebacker? I mean, it's it's a reasonable answer here. You picked the best player available. That's what I think Arizona did. I don't think they were going for a need. I think they were looking I think they had a need, but I think that need could wait till later rounds. And I think that they need new offensive linemen to protect Kyler Murray. Because the more time you give Kyler Murray the longer time DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Andy Isabella have time to get open and Christian Kirk, that's going to be a dangerous offense. If they get, if they get a better offensive line, protect Kyler Murray. You tell me, that's going to be a great offense. But we're not talking about the offensive uh, side of the ball for the Cardinals. We're talking about the uh, best linebacker in the draft. They just got in Isaiah Simmons, and they steal at the eighth pick. Don't know why the Giants didn't take him at four. Arizona, like I said, just goes to the best available player. Obviously, he's going to be a great pair him with uh, Chandler Jones. They're going to be forced to reckon with in the um, the NFC. It's just going to be they're going to be fun to watch. Let's say you got a really strong linebacker in uh, Chandler Jones who just can get to the quarterback, and you have a speed rusher who's just physical, physical linebacker in Isaiah Simmons. He's just an all around athlete. He can go get the ball. He can cover people. He can be run block. He can do anything you need him to do at the linebacker position. He's a Swiss Army knife in the linebacker position. So uh, draft winners definitely for the Cardinals just because they get the best player available and they strengthen up their defense, which could use a little bit of work. It's a young team, young team. They're going to be developing really well, in my, in my opinion, in the future. 
high expectations for this Cardinals team coming up in the 2020-2021 season. Uh, we're going to move on to the ninth pick now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars. They take cornerback C.J. Henderson out of Florida, the second-best corner in this draft, in my opinion. Huge shocker on my side of the point, on my side at least. Uh, a lot of people had Jacksonville going defense here, a lot of people. But in my opinion, they got a young quarterback in Gardner Minshew. They need some more skill at the receiver position. I'm not doubting Chark. I'm not doubting him at all. I'm just saying, can you think about how much of a like weight lifted off Gardner Minshew's shoulders would it have been to know that he had Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb coming his team? To add another threat to this offense. If they get Leonard Fournette going again, that offense would be awesome. Really good. But Jacksonville obviously been on the downfall in the recent years after losing, after Saxonville officially departs, basically. Losing A.J. Boye, uh, Calais Campbell, all of those, Jalen Ramsey, all of them. Losing them all, it's just, it's it's disappointing to see is that was a really good young team that they were developing there. Um, in Jacksonville, and I think that what better way to start rebuilding Saxonville than with your two best players that you had, and AJ Boye and Jalen Ramsey, then getting another corner, one of the another corner to start replacing them, and CJ Henderson. Henderson's a great pick for this team. I can see him playing in Jacksonville. He's a great player. I think he fits their defensive scheme. He's a he's a very uh gr- he's very good in coverage. He can be physical at some points whenever you need him to. He'll go get the ball. He'll get, come off a of blitz every once in a while. I think CJ Henderson's a great pick in my opinion. Second best corner. Uh, Jaguars is obviously draft winners as they picked up their uh, they start to rebuild Saxonville. In my opinion, it's a great situation that he's going into at Jacksonville. Um, I think that they can make a not a run for the Super Bowl. I think they they could be they could potentially be a playoff team if they get their Stuff figured out with Minshew, and they get their offensive line going, rolling, and good. And I think they could be a really good young team. Um, and speaking of young teams, what's what about the Cleveland Browns as they pick number ten? Let's see what they do. Cleveland going with, in my opinion, the most NFL-ready offensive tackle in the draft. They take Jedrick Wills, the uh, tackle out of Alabama. Uh, Jedrick Wills, obviously, in my opinion, is the most NFL-ready. He could start week one. I think he will start week one. It's very important for this young Cleveland team that they protect their young quarterback. They put a lot of investment in Baker Mayfield, taking him at number one um, overall in that draft. And I think Baker Mayfield could use some help on his offensive line. I mean, you give Baker Mayfield more time to throw the ball, you give Odell Beckham Jr. more time to get open, you give Jarvis Landry more time, and Njoku, all of the weapons that they have on this offense. And you just protect their quarterback and give them more time, give Baker more time to get the ball out. This team will be dangerous. There's not much I can say about Jedrick Wills. I'm not, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, he's he has a lot of strengths and very few weaknesses, as he's obviously in my, like I said, the most NFL ready. Um, I think there was a better fit for the Browns available, but I think the Browns got the best tackle. Um, and with that. Um, short discussion on Jedrick Wills, but they're obviously draft winners as the Browns face one of their major needs as an offensive lineman. Uh, I'm really, uh, really high expectations for this offense this year uh, to put up some to put up some points and make some uh, and win a lot of football games this year. Is if they can get their defense working again, they can get that defense to look rolling. 
Uh, thinking Miles Garrett back, and Miles Garrett doesn't act stupid this year. I mean, they can be a good team. Uh, potentially, they can win their division if they can stop Baltimore. I mean, and it's just it's just a situation that no one's going to know until the season gets here. But in my opinion, Cleveland is going to be a dangerous team. In my opinion, so uh, the Jets pick eleventh, and not shocked, kind of shocked. So let's see, let's see who they get. <laughs> Eleventh overall, the Jets. They don't go receiver. A lot of people had them going receiver at this pick. I, I, I honestly had them going receiver here too, uh, to give Sam Darnold some more weapons. But uh, the New York Jets obviously take offensive tackle Makai Becton out of Louisville with his pick. Um, good fit. They needed offensive line. They need to protect Sam Darnold if they're going to keep Sam Darnold healthy. Um, and one of the things that I mentioned earlier with Dwayne Haskins is that like you can't expect your young quarterback to succeed if you don't surround him with with veterans and with and with speed players and with like um I guess like strength players like offensive linemen for, for strength players like if you don't have a strong O line and a strong offense to be to surround your young quarterback with your young quarterback's not going to be successful and I think that's what New York's problem is is that they have a lot of offensive linemen that could be better. I just think, coaching staff-wise, the Jets don't have the best coaching staff. Therefore, they can't coach their players the best. Now, Makai Beck's a great player out of Louisville. I expect him to start week one for this Jets team, and I expect him to be a good offensive lineman. Honestly, he's a he's a solid talent out of Louisville, and he had a very big uh, – he protected their quarterback against uh, Clemson very well, and uh, he competed in the ACC very well. Um, Becton, I'm going to say Jets are draft winners as they address another one of their issues on that offense is to, to protect their quarterback, their young quarterback, and Sam Darnold. And it's going to be interesting to see how Sam Darnold um, performs this year, especially if the Jets go out in the second, third round and they pick up a, a replacement for Le'Veon Bell and they trade Le'Veon Bell. Maybe they trade Le'Veon Bell for some more picks in the draft. They get they pick up receivers. I mean, I know T. Higgins is still on the board after the first round as a shocker. Is T. Higgins, how was T. Higgins on the board? I had T. Higgins going first round in my mock draft. A lot of people did. I think he's a first-round talent, but somehow T. Higgins slipped the first, or just the second round. Who's going to be that team that picks up Higgins? Could it be the New York Jets? Do they trade Le'Veon Bell? Do they pick a halfback? Do they pick a receiver? Who do the Jets go to, or do they go defense? That will be interesting, but I think the Jets need to work on their offense. So, uh, with saying that, we're going to move on to our next pick in the draft. Uh, which was the Oakland Raiders, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders now, and they pick at number 12. Alrighty, so the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, goes Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. A 12th pick. Now, you, I would not have believed you if you told me that Henry Ruggs was going to go before Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb in this draft, and I don't think a lot of people could have believed that either, but if you look at it from a, a Raiders fan standpoint, it could have been predicted. Honestly, as the Las Vegas Raiders franchise, the Raiders have tended to go with speed over skill. Now, I'm not saying Henry Ruggs doesn't have the skill in the, to be in the NFL. I'm just saying that he might be a fit for Oakland. And it makes no sense to a lot of us is seeing it's not just they're not. A lot of teams aren't going to take the best receiver. They're going to take the receiver that most fits their team. And I think that's what the Raiders got in Henry Ruggs. Obviously, they're going to be a draft winner here because of that. But... They take speed over skill a lot of times in the few, in the past, um, but obviously with Henry Ruggs, I think I think they're getting both. I think they're getting a tremendous skill 
obviously with great speed. Um, and he's a great receiver. He's got great hands. He's very tough. Um, his toughness is what he said in his interviews. One thing that he, he likes the most about himself was his toughness. So I think he's a great fit for Derek Carr to throw to and Marcus Mariota, whoever it be that takes the snaps for the Raiders this year. Great, great threat for them. And honestly, I just think he's a good no, – I hope with the number one receiver there. Honestly, Hunter Renfro is – he's just not it for me in, in Las Vegas. Is he's not – I don't think he possesses the skill, honestly, in my opinion. You can hate on me for that or not. I just don't think Renfro has the skill. Uh, to be the number one receiver in, in Las Vegas. And I think Henry Ruggs takes that spot, and he takes that spot real quick. Um, obviously, so there it is. Uh, draft winners are the Raiders. So we're going to move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and let's see who they get. All right, number 13, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Get their man to protect Tom Brady and give him more time to get the ball out to his new weapon, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. All these receivers that they have in tight ends and O.J. Howard do as well. And they go out and get off the tackle out of Iowa, Tristan Wirth. Great pick for them. I think he fits their offense really well. Um, now, there's a big difference in Wirth and other in the other tackles, whether it's his, his talent or his skill or whatever you want to call it. Uh, a lot of people didn't have him going as high as they had the other ta- uh, the other ta- tackles go. Excuse me. I think he I think he should have gone exactly where he went. I think he's a great fit for that Buccaneers offense, and I think it's a great job of that organization by realizing what they need. They have these new weapons coming in that they need to protect Tom Brady. And if they want Tom Brady to last, I think that they realize they need to protect him, and I think that's exactly what they do. So they're gonna be a, they're gonna get draft winners for me just for doing their job as a great organization and realizing what they need and going and getting it. Rather than getting the best player, they go and get what they need, not what they want. So with that, all due respect, they are getting a uh, a draft winner there. So we're going to move on out of 14. There's just not a lot to say about Tristan Wirth. Tristan Wirth, not in a bad way. It's a good way, as obviously I said, with same thing with uh, uh, Jedrick Wills. Is they're just a good fit? There's not a lot of talk about them, though. They're just they're there, and it's what they needed, and the team went out and got them. So we're going to move on to the 49ers at 14. Forty ers picking at fourteen as they get the pick from the Indianapolis Colts and the DeForest Buckner trade. And honestly, what a better—you can't pick a better way, honestly, to go to finish that trade off. Trade DeForest Buckner for a first-round pick, and who do you take that first-round pick? His replace his replacement, and they get the defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. This kid is a guy I had as a top prospect in this draft. His skill was under—he's very underrated, in my opinion. Coming out of South Carolina, I think he's a great fit for the 49ers. I mean, he, a lot of people are like, oh, the 49ers are losing Butner. There goes their defensive line. Their defensive line is not going to be the greatest anymore. I think that's a dumb statement now is obviously they get Kinlaw, and what better way to replace Butner with an arguable better tackle already with a, at the, in a defensive tackle position. So 49ers are going to get draft winners for addressing their needs and getting the best available players. So they, not only did they get their needs, but they got their best overall player they could have gotten at that spot. So – Niners going to get draft winners for Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. And um, other thing is that just because he came out of South Carolina, they're like, oh, what did he do? They pull up his highlights. They're like, oh, cool, all this, that, that, yeah. Kinlaw is the best, second best defensive tackle in the draft behind Derrick Brown. Um, now, I wish some other teams would have taken him. I think he would have been a better fit for other teams. 
But he just he, – what better team to go for than the uh, NFC champion 49ers and him. And I think I'll have a great career with uh, San Francisco. So now we're going to move on to the 15th pick in Denver. Alrighty, for our final pick in part one of the first round of the draft podcast is going to be Broncos take the receiver Jerry Judy out of Alabama. I mean, Broncos go into the draft needing a receiver, needing some offensive threats to surround Drew Locke, their young quarterback with, and what better way to come out with the best receiver in the draft? I cannot believe that Jerry Judy slid 15 spots till he got picked. And I don't think a lot of people could have believed it either if you told him that. But Drew Locke is getting a beast at the receiver position. The best route runner in the draft. And pairing Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton together is going to be pretty dangerous for that uh, that offense in, in Denver. Yeah, the AFC is building that, div- that division up. Uh, is getting great now with the Raiders and the Broncos. That That's going to be a dangerous division to compete in with uh, Kansas City and all them up there. Uh, high hopes for this team. And uh, Drew Locke, I, I wish Drew Locke, Drew Locke the best of success. Uh, obviously, he's getting the best receiver in the draft. And I, I, I just – I feel like John Elway has got that franchise going in the right way for the first time since Peyton Manning left. And I just feel like there's a lot of high expectations now with picking Judy uh, and, and having Drew Locke. And I, I have confidence that Drew Locke can, can get Judy the ball. But also realize that they still have Cortland Sutton. So they have two of the best young receivers in the league probably with Judy. And uh, Cortland Sutton, we got to see how Judy pans out to be and how he performs. But in my opinion, they're going to get a draft winners because what better way to surround your young quarterback with more weapons? I've talked about this now for the third time in this in this episode. Like, there, you, you can't do better for a young quarterback than to surround him with weapons. And I think that's what this Denver Broncos team did with getting Jerry Judy. Um, and, and with that, uh, we're going to stop here with the 15th pick. Uh, at the end of part one, part two will be released tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, part one of Sports from the South, NFL draft analysis of uh, draft eight, uh, picks one through 15 of the first round. Um, we're going to start up tomorrow with the Atlanta Falcons picking at 16. We'll try to get that uh, podcast up and posted as soon as possible. Uh, looking around tomorrow morning, hopefully. But uh, if you liked it, I, I hope you enjoyed it. Tell your friends, family, maybe you can, they want to tune in and listen to it. Share it. Share it wherever you can. Just uh, appreciate it if you uh, enjoyed the podcast. Um, it really means a lot to me uh, personally if you enjoy it. Uh, maybe if you're not having a good day, you can just listen to the podcast. It'll make you, maybe it can make your day a little bit better if your day's not going as well as you want it to. But with that, uh, I'm going to be signing off with the podcast here. I'm your host, Gabe Norton. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.